Take out your Bible if you have it, opening to the book of Psalm, chapter 128, and Psalm 128. And again, we, we come to the Word of God for this time of prayer because the model that we see all throughout church history in the book of Acts and in the early church is that the people of God gathered to pray together with one accord. And that's always kind of the difficulty in corporate prayer, isn't it? Because we all have our own private prayers, and we pray very differently. We pray for very specific things in our private lives, and each of us do it differently. So when we come together, what is the likelihood of us being able to pray with one accord, with like-mindedness, focused upon the same thing? It's, it's not really reasonable to assume it's going to happen. So we come to the Word of God and let a Bible text each week shape our prayers, shape our thoughts to God. I think that's how they did it in the early church. And that's how we do it together. And so this morning we're in Psalm chapter 128. And let me read the text to us. Then I'll make just a few comments. We're going to sing a song. And then we will turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer together. Psalm chapter 128, beginning in verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. And peace be upon Israel. All right. Well, there's a lot here in, the, in Psalm 128. There have been... Sermons preached that take so long, many multi, multiples of, of sermons on it. We're just going to kind of bring it down in just a few moments. What is this text about? Here in Psalm 128, I want to focus upon one specific topic here, and that is the fear of the Lord, because that's really the overarching theme here. What does this psalm teach us about the fear of the Lord? Well, it's this, that that is the place of true happiness. In this life, as we are seeking to find our happiness in this, that, or the other. It's all vanity. True happiness is found, satisfaction, joy, is found really in only one place. In the Lord and in a proper attitude to the Lord, which is one of fear. Now, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, you know, a lot of times we hear that word fear and the thing that comes to our mind immediately is terror, like I am afraid, like fear of the Lord is, and I'm going to run away. Well, Certainly God is holy, certainly God is righteous, so much so that every time someone came into the presence of a manifest presence of God or in Christ Jesus himself, oftentimes they would cower, oftentimes they would fear, they would say things like, get away from me Jesus, because he is so supremely holy. But the fear of the Lord does not necessarily mean that we're just to walk around being afraid of God. For us who are children of God through Jesus Christ, the fear of the Lord is more of an attitude of trust. It's to trust the Lord, but with an attitude of reverence, an attitude of awe. Not to trust the Lord the way some people talk about it, right? A lot of times you'll probably get counsel from people, well, you're going through this hard time, well, just, just trust in the Lord. And, and, and that, that sometimes comes across so shallow, as though it's just something to do. Trust, fearing the Lord is to be gripped by who he is, to be gripped by the fact that he is sovereign, by the fact that he is holy, by the fact that he is uh, in control of all things, and, and by the fact that he is good, to be so gripped by that, that you bring that into whatever circumstance of life you're going through, 
and you ultimately trust him. That's the fear of the Lord. Now, the great difficulty that those in the psalmist day and we have is that we live in a world that is telling us, and probably even as you sit here this morning, this is kind of going through your mind. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. This is church on Sunday morning. Yes, yes, the fear of the Lord is where our happiness is found. The world is telling us, though, happiness is found in other things, in relationships, in friendships, in marriage, in getting this object, in getting this career, in getting this job, in going to this school, in, 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 in this kind of retirement, this, that, or the other. The, the, the world, the flesh, Satan, is constantly mocking the idea here of Psalm 128 that the address, the home address for true happiness is the fear of the Lord, true reverence for him, all trusting in him and because you're so gripped by who he is. The world mocks that. And Psalm 128 really is an allusion to Genesis chapter 3. Think back to Genesis 3, the Garden of Eden. You have Adam and Eve there in the garden who were created to know, love, and serve God, to be gripped by Him, to obey Him, to walk with Him. And then you have a serpent who comes in. And what does the serpent say? Listen, man, this creator of yours, this God, is so binding and restrictive. He's told you, you can do this and you can't do this. You can't eat of the fruit of this tree, right? We know that. And what did the serpent say? And the reason why is he's holding back. He knows that in the moment you eat of this, you will become like him. And so he doesn't want you to, uh, to have that. He doesn't want the fullness of life. He doesn't want the, uh, you to enjoy all that he is. He's holding back. And Satan comes in and says, if you really want to be happy, you'll break his law, you'll eat it, and you'll enjoy well, that's what Satan's ploy has been all along. That's what, the, what we see in the world. It's, it's refocusing our, our view of God away from him and away from his honesty and truthfulness and finding our happiness in other things. Psalm 128 is bringing this whole picture back together again, saying, if you want to know where joy and happiness is, it's not in another person, it's not in a career, it's not in money, it's not in this, that, or the other. It is in a person, and that is the triune God. That's where your happiness, that's where your hope is found. It's in being captivated by him, by his majesty, being gripped by him, by his greatness. Because we read in the New Testament, it is from him and him alone true blessing comes. You know, maybe this morning that's where we've gotten it wrong this week. It's not because we don't know these things. It's not because we've never heard that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom? It's wise living living that will bring me joy and happiness. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. It's not because we didn't know that, but it's because the world, our flesh, Satan, mocks that idea and says, God is not that great. Well, this morning, Psalm 128 is the cry of a needy children who we've been tasting and feasting on the things of the world this week. I mean, it promised us it promised us satisfaction. It promised us happiness. Man, we thought this relationship, we thought buying this thing, we thought getting this job, this, we thought this was going to be the answer to our every problem. And here we are on a Sunday morning, and it didn't. Psalm 128 refocuses us and says, Fear God. Know Him. Trust Him. Walk with Him. And the promise of this psalm, we're not going to go into it, is that this blessing of happiness affects every sphere of your life. He talks about marriage. He talks about your work. He talks about in your worship. This fear of the Lord, being gripped by Him, brings joy to all of those areas.
your work, your marriage, your worship, every area of life. So this is our opportunity to seek him together. And as we look at this psalm, kind of meditating it on this week, the, the words of an old hymn kept coming back to me. It's the song we're about to sing. It's a, uh, the old song by John Newton, who wrote the author of Amazing Grace, and the hymn being, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. And we're going to stand and sing that in just a moment before we pray, but there's one line towards the end of it, and it says, Solid joys and lasting pleasures, none but Zion's children know. That's what this psalm is saying here. Solid joys, lasting pleasures. These are things that nobody but the children of our God 